All right, everybody, welcome to episode nine of Beyond the Barrels. I can't believe we're at episode nine. That's good. That means we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. And we've got a lot of more stuff to talk about as we go forward. So keep tuning in. Share it with your family and friends. I'm sure they are really going to enjoy the information we have here. But mainly this is for our UDOT employees. We want you to get a little bit more out of the department, understand kind of some of the fun things that we're doing and the interesting things that we're doing, uh, and really just understand um, who we are and why we do what we do. So we're glad you're back. We're glad you're still listening. Uh, today I've got two very special guests, uh, Angela Papastamos, who is our transportation planning manager, and Heidi Goodhart, who's the active transportation manager. And we're going to talk today a little bit about uh, kind of two big programs here, TravelWise, which Angela kind of oversees, and then um, our active transportation stuff, which Heidi oversees. And so we'll talk about those and wanted to welcome both of you guys here to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thank you. It's good to have you. Um, Angela, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been with the department? Uh, How long have you been in the current role? I've been with UDOT a little over 20 years. I've been running the TravelWise program for around nine years. And so I've been in the transportation business in Utah 30 plus years. Wow. Where were you before you came to the department? I was with a consultant firm called BRW, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And why UDOT? Why did you decide to come over to UDOT? Well... My college friends were uh, starting to run UDOT, and I had told them that I would join UDOT at some point. And Jim McMinnemy and I were really good friends, and Tracy Conti. Yep. Yeah, and so decided it was good, and they moved to a, a what I call real project management. And so where we were, as a consultant, you practice project management like UDOT was now practicing it, so it was a good fit. So. Good. Yeah, good. Good, time, good. I time. always I always ask people why they come over to UDOT because yeah. I think everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's reasons a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when the economy goes down, yeah, we we get a lot of people that come to UDOT because there's stability and there's regularity and there's flexibility and um, so it's good. Uh, you were pulled over by other people, good people that good, did, that good, did people, good things for the good department. Good people at UDOT. Yeah, I've known Carlos for thirty plus years. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, good. Yeah. And Heidi, what about you? You've been here a little bit less than I have. I, yeah. I, I trained you in new employee You did train me. Um, and I don't have near the body of uh, knowledge and expertise that Angela does. But I've been with UDOT for a little over two years now. And, um, you know, I've been doing active transportation work specifically for about eight years. Okay. Um, yeah. And before UDOT, you were? Uh, I worked for a nonprofit downtown that worked on uh, social justice planning and um, kind of inclusion architecture and accessibility design uh, called ASSIST. And then I was also the um, bicycle coordinator at the University of Utah for a couple of years. She said the Utes. Just wanted to make sure everybody heard that clearly. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to throw it out there every once in a while. I'm a Ute. I'm a Ute, so I'm happy when there's a Ute across the table. I'm a Ute too. There we go. uh, We bleed red in this room, everybody. easy to bleed orange after that so. yeah well and that's and that's the thing is we want you to come here and we want you to understand that we're really doing some cool things and this really is a good department and so if you're here and you're bleeding orange it means you love what you're doing and you're engaged in your job and that's what we want that's what we really want so we're going to talk a little bit about we're, we're, i'm going to start with angela i want to talk about travel wise first uh, carlos talks a lot 
about how population is going to increase. In fact, I think the numbers we have is by the year 2060, our current population in Utah will double. But the one thing that he says is that there's no way infrastructure can double, right? And so how do, how do we as UDOT, or how does UDOT meet the growing population and the, the growing travel demands that, that we're going to see here in the future? You know, I think it's quite a challenge, you know, that we have ahead of us to meet that, you know. And I think one of the ways we're going to do it is we're going to really manage our travel differently. And so if you have envis- visualize a three-legged stool and look at what we've been doing, which is a lot of capacity projects, both highway and transit. And then we've done a heck of a job with our operations system, with traffic operations, and we'll continue to do that. But what we really haven't spent a lot of energy on is shifting the travel demand. TravelWise has done that to a minor degree, and now we need to escalate that. And so we need to be into dynamic transportation management, so to speak. Okay, explain that to me. And so (laughs) we need to understand, Carlos is using the words, full situational awareness of our system. If the traveling public understands their choices and understands what the best one is for wherever they are, at whatever time they are, they're going to be able to travel differently. And so if we understand the transit system, exactly what's happening with it, we're going to be better off. If we understand what's going on with parking, now think about that live dynamic understanding of parking, we're going to be better off. We can carpool better. We can... We can go to events better. Okay, so we're going to just need to understand our situation as we travel. Well, it sounds like, I mean, if, if we're starting to talk about transit mm-hmm. and we're starting to talk about parking, now all of a sudden there's municipalities in there, there's, there's private companies. I mean, it seems like there needs to be this level of collaboration um, between us and other people. How does that, think, what does that look like? I think our level of collaboration is going to escalate more than it ever has, and it's going to be with our transportation partners as well as with the public, so with local governments, with private businesses. It's going to just escalate. And so as we look at the Ubers of the world, we're going to, you know, I could see us going in that direction. Maybe they can help us out with first and last mile type strategies where you're figuring out how to get to transit by walking, biking, and maybe some sort of car sharing or something. So there's just a lot of dynamic understanding of what's going on in the transportation system. Well, and it takes these, it takes these partnerships, too. You mentioned Uber, right? And um, we call them public-private partnerships. Uh, P3s is another acronym that we use here at the department. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the question is how do we how do we use these public companies? How do we use their data and, and how do we work together to to benefit everybody? Yeah, I, I certainly don't know all the answers on how it's gonna work completely, but I do know that there's just are a lot of opportunities with these groups that are they're attacking transportation without us. Okay, people are interested without the DOTs or even the cities, they're doing their own thing, understanding transportation, automated vehicles, you know, of you course, talked with yeah. plane, okay. So people are going out there and trying to figure out the transportation system. Now we've got to figure out how we can work with them to help us. So that everybody's on the same system. Everybody Everything. has the same mindset. So the traveling public understands all of their choices and makes the best decision they can. Maybe the best decision is for them to take their car in the morning. Maybe the best decision is for them to go partway with their car. Maybe it's to carpool. Maybe it's to ride a bike. 
How does um, how does technology start to work into this equation? That's a great question. The technology side of it, and uh, we are data. We are big data, and we're continuing to get more and more. We we can understand what's going on every second these days with the different technologies that are out there. Uh, UDOT has already embraced a couple of those. I'm not real up to speed on all the data technology yet. I'm trying to get up to speed, but there's a lot going on, and so we're using a system that is called, I think it's called IPAMS, and you see real, really live traffic data on there. You can see what's going on in the system. Now imagine as a, as a user of the system, you can understand that from both the highway perspective and the transit perspective and the bike share perspective and the parking perspective. And so what's interesting to me is we went through a meeting a couple weeks ago and somebody showed us a video of the dynamic parking uh, that San Francisco is using. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's all about data. These these parking meters are constantly talking to the cloud and then they they communicate back to an app that somebody has on their phone and in parking areas where the parking is crowded and there's more people, the rates go up which helpful, hopefully pushes us away to a couple streets away where it's a little bit cheaper, capacity stays lower, everybody can find a parking space when they need it. And so that's what you're talking about, is if we can look at something and see up to, up to the second information on what does my commute look like? And if I drive to this track station, what's my commute on tracks going to look like? And, and if I get into town and I need a bike, what does that look like? I think that's, that's an interesting concept because it's something we don't look at right now. Yeah, and so right now we're partnered with Park City and Salt Lake City with TravelWise, and, and Park City is looking at that because they have so many special events and they have so many parking lots that get full, so they are looking at live dynamic parking understanding. And they also have their own transit system, so we're trying to figure out how we can meld, meld those two together. You know, so we understand the transit system, we understand the parking system, and people in their cars understand where they need to go, you know, because they end up spending a lot of time having traffic circulate around trying to find a spot. Yeah, of course. We need to eliminate that. Well, and what's interesting is that we do, that if Park City is this test market, I mean, Mm -hmm. because Park City is neat because it's kind of away from everything else. It's Mm -hmm. not like you're the Wasatch Front where every every city in town bleeds into every other city in town, And, and for the most part... Our systems are pretty incorporated. Park City is great because it's a standalone system. And if we can figure out how do we work it on this smaller standalone system that is pretty busy. I mean, if you've been up there on a weekend in Park City, very little parking, sure. driving around a lot, you're walking or you're taking the bus in. And so. Sure. And we need to capture that early. So you get up, you know, you're flying at the airport and you're going to Park City Film Festival. You need to understand your choices right away. So you don't want to force people up I-80 if there's no reason for them to be driving up I-80. So we got to figure that out. And, you know, you need that information right away. You know, if you're a visitor right at the airport, if you're, you know, from your house, you know, maybe it's an app, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see a lot of the things that we can do from our end, the technology Mm -hmm. side, the data side. How do we work with the municipalities and the different uh, private groups to to make this better? Um, When we think of TravelWise, I I use TravelWise as a verb. It's not a noun to me. And and I think part of that is because my boss, Joe Walker, always says that we need to TravelWise, right? It, It becomes a verb. It becomes something that the people need to do. So as we talk about um, all of the stuff that we can do on our end, on UDOT's end, there still needs to be a public mentality of shifting into this mode of 
traveling wise of checking your trip before you go or trip chaining or all of these little things that we learn about here at the department. How does the public make that shift? What, do the, what does the public need to do to make that shift? I believe that we need to make it convenient for the public for that behavior change to happen. So they need to, it has to be convenient. They're not going to do it if it's not. So we have to provide a, a mechanism so it's convenient for the public. So you know the easiest way to do it. And you don't have to think about it so much. It's just normal day-to-day business, you know. And we got to get... We got to get the, our ability of the system to work that way, so the public can really do that. When we think about big cities, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, you don't have to think about it. Yeah. If I'm in New York City, I know exactly how I'm going to get around. I just, I'm going to go either on the bus that goes straight down one of the avenues, or I'm going to jump on the subway. And you really don't have to think about it. In a, a suburban area like the Salt Lake Valley or the Wasatch Front, you, you need to start to think about it more. And people haven't had to. But now we're at the at the point where it needs to start to happen. It's interesting you brought up New York because one of the one of the things that I'm learning right now is what New York is doing, and they're basically doing what we're going to start moving towards—a live, dynamic understanding of the system. And they're really trying to take travel demand management to that level in New York. Okay, and so we're trying to, you know, co- steal from them, copy what they're doing in New York. So. That's yeah. good. Lessons learned. Yeah. Well, and, and in a city of, you know, 10 million people. Correct. You know, they, they're doing something right. And yeah, so, and then the whole walking, biking aspects that they're able to incorporate into New York now is interesting. Well, so. and that's kind of the new, that's, that, that's the thing we need to start to focus on, which is why I think Heidi's job here at the department is so uh, important and imperative to how we move forward in the future because uh, transit's one thing, trip chaining, uh, being on our freeways, those are all w- different things. But now we're seeing people, more and more people, walking and biking and, and actually using what we refer to as active transportation. So, Heidi, I'm going to flip over to you. Tell me, first of all, tell me what active transportation is. How do we define it? And uh, why is it important to us here at the department? Yeah. So, um, active transportation is, you know, basically people powered movement, um, getting out, walking, biking. You see people on skateboards, scooters, you know, Healy shoes, uh, rollerblades. Rollerblades. Yeah. <laughs> For those of us, those kids grew up, grew up in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> I mean, they're out there. I've yeah, seen people all the time on rollerblades cruising down the bike lane. With active transportation, uh, you know, biking and walking is this really valuable option in our transportation system. Um, if we didn't have sidewalks, if we didn't have bicycle lanes, um, we wouldn't have the opportunity to give people choice on how they get around. Um, so biking and walking, you know, not only provides an opportunity for people to get out of their cars, but to also like incorporate health and activity into their lifestyle, right? Yeah. Um, if you can walk from your house to a transit station or walk to your work or hop on your bike and um, bike into work, right? You're getting your exercise, you're being healthy, uh, you're out in your community, you're observing things you probably wouldn't notice if you're zooming by at 60 miles an hour in a car. Of course. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is I, we think about sidewalks 30 years ago, right? The sidewalk 30 years ago was purely just to keep people off the road that, that happened to be walking down a neighborhood street. And I think sidewalks and trails are now a, a completely different thing where people are using them to get from point A to point B and not just walk that three, three streets down to borrow something from the neighbors. And yeah. so it's kind of interesting. Um, so biking is big. I know you, you cycle into work 
almost every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. From Trolley Square. Is that? A yeah, re- exactly. Right downtown. And what's what's your typical route? What do you do? How do you get from there to, to work here? Yeah. So I carry my bike out my front door, go down the steps, um, hop on my bike, cruise down to 8th South. Uh, and just cut straight west across town. That's kind of the big um, kind of bicycle corridor. There's bike lanes. There have been there for probably 15, 20 years. Uh, it gets priority plowing. So in the winter, it's like not a problem. Bike lanes clear. Sometimes there's trash cans that get pulled out uh, by residents along the way. Yeah. Uh, and I usually do two different options. So I can hit the track station at night south. Uh, and get off at 39th South and cruise straight into the office. So with that, that's about six miles of biking. Uh, and that commute takes me 40 minutes. Uh, but it's great. I can check my phone on the train while I'm there, see if I have any important emails or phone calls I need to respond to, and then you know boogie into the office with a soft pedal. Okay. Yeah. And then the other way is um, cruising over to the Jordan River Parkway, following the contours of the river, enjoying like the trees and nature, and the little wetland parks they have along the way, and then getting off at 41st South and coming into the office. It's wonderful. Well, it's amazing, too, when you com- uh, consider that commute right? <laughs> versus what most of us do, right? Where we, yeah. we're sitting clenching in the, the, sitting in the car, clenching the steering wheel, breathing in the carbon monoxide. Um, it, it, it sounds way more enjoyable. And I know people don't necessarily think that that's practical. And for some people, it may not be, right? right. If, if you're coming in from bountiful or late and that's a completely different equation but that doesn't mean and 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 angela talked about first mile last mile Mm -hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't start to use those uh transit options and first mile last mile can we are we a mile away from from the transit stop um, can I get to front runner and then can front runner bring me in and and there's lots of different ways to start to think about this but it does it takes a mindset change yeah um you're one of many that ride into work in the mornings here at the complex. Is that right? Yeah. There's, you know, a good contingency of us. You'll see bikes uh, leaning against cubicles or parked outside the, the complex all the time. What happens on a snowy morning? On a snowy morning? Yeah. I brutal, I, you know, I put on my snow clothes and put my helmet on. And sometimes if it's really snowy, I'll throw some ski goggles on. Uh, you know, there's there's no bad weather. There's just inappropriate clothing choices. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And are, are tires ever an issue? Yeah. So I have a pair of winter tires. They're studded. Um, the texture of them is a little bit better for snow and ice. So they are almost a, like clingy or grippy on ice. So we, we talk about safety and we talk about being safe on our roads. This is part of it, too. And, and it's not, you know, when we talk about inspections and making sure our cars are safe and when the cars have the right tires on and, and that we're driving the right way for the conditions that are out there it goes it's the same way for somebody that's riding a bike absolutely yeah there can be like debris in the shoulder or um in the bike lane um you know snow plows it's super important to be plowing those bike lanes so that you know cyclists don't have to get out into traffic if you know we don't have to yeah um and then you know on really slushy days i can't tell you how many times like a car has passed me and under that three foot distance and i just get hammered with a pile of slush yeah um you know so stuff like that is you know things we don't particularly think about but that are going to become increasingly important for us to pay attention to if we want to get more people biking and feel safe while they're out there biking well and we've seen a huge uptick lately of people that are street biking you Mm -hmm. know um, i live in holiday uh wasatch drive is one of the big routes that i take 
there's always cyclists. Doesn't matter the time of day, there are always cyclists up on there. So so as a driver, as somebody that, that's in my car more than I am on a bike, it's my responsibility to be aware of that there are more people out there running and biking. Um, but also as a cyclist and, and a runner and somebody on rollerblades or skateboards mm-hmm. or whatever, it's also your responsibility to be aware of, of what's going on. So I've seen uh, here at the department, we've moved kind of in this direction mm-hmm. where active transportation is becoming more and more important to us. What are we doing here at the department that would to advance walking, running, uh, being outside, using those modes of transportation? Yeah, no, it's great. So kind of what I mentioned earlier, um, for people to walk and bike, they have to have that option. So they need infrastructure, right? So we're doing a lot of work with planning and figuring out where this infrastructure goes and why. We want to make good investments when it comes to trail facilities or bike lanes, and we want to make sure that we're putting them in safe locations and that we're providing the right type of facility um, that makes you know has the, the, the good context for the street and the users that are going to be there. Um, you know, if there's a lot of kids, we don't want to put a bike lane right next to high-speed traffic. Yeah. Like, no parent would feel comfortable with that. But if there's a lot of kids and we have the right of way, you know, maybe a, a trail, um, a paved trail is more convenient because that appeals to a mom walking her kids to school and, you know, she can take a stroller and get some exercise and enjoy the day with her kid before she drops them off to school. Well, and we're seeing this more in our planning. You mentioned planning. We see mm-hmm. this a lot more in our planning. I look at uh, Mountain View Corridor, for example, yeah. it's just built in. There's just this, there's this bike lane right. on, on both sides. Um, if you've been down to St. George, I think Bluff Street is probably the most obvious as you're going up Bluff Street and, and up towards Veo, mm-hmm. there's this beautifully paved bike lane that comes down from Snow Canyon and it goes all the way into St. George. And so uh, it's part of the planning. Yeah. I think cities are looking for it and they're looking for our help. And how do we plan this? How do we make it efficient? How do we make sure it's getting used? Yeah. So we've got programs here at UDOT. We do. Right? What are the programs that, that are specifically tailored towards active transportation? Yeah. So Angelo's TravelWise program, you know, we want to encourage people to walk and bike. But from a planning perspective, um, we need to plan for the right facilities and make sure that there's somewhere for people to walk and bike. And that's where we come in with Move Utah. So Move Utah is our planning program that focuses on assisting local communities uh, and jurisdictions to advance active transportation planning, to put in education platforms. Um, So this is, you know, encouraging kids to, you know, know the rules of the road when it comes to riding their bike. You should stop at stop signs. You should, you know, only... Uh, you should signal all of your intentions when you're turning or you're stopping, uh, those types of things. Well, and this is the, the Move Utah isn't just us either. I mean, this is a pretty big partnership. Who else is involved in, in yeah. the Move Utah? Movie? So we have a strong collaboration with the Department of Health. Um, so the tagline for the Move Utah program is active, healthy, connected communities. Um, and so the Department of Health gives us grant funding that we can pass through to local communities. Um, to help them conduct events that build support for active transportation that feature like a bike ride or a small community walk where people can get out and say, oh my gosh, I didn't know that I could like walk from my house or this community center over to the rec center, the library or the grocery store. So we highlight those types of connections that people can make through active transportation. Um, And we, you know, get them involved in the planning process so that those types of sidewalks or trail facilities or bike lanes match what they need and want in their community. Um, We work really closely with the Department of Public Safety and our Heads Up Safety Platform uh, to encourage safe use and, you know, 
ensure that pedestrians are educated about the rules of the road and are crossing at legal crossings and paying attention, uh, right? You know, we have a lot of pedestrian fatalities in the state, and we really want to see those get down. You know, Carlos gave us really advantageous goals for, you know, zero fatalities, and yeah. so pedestrians are part of that puzzle. When you mentioned Heads Up, so talk about Heads Up and what it what it is, what that program is. I don't know if many people have heard of the Heads Up program. Yeah, so Heads Up is UDOT's safety platform for vulnerable roadway users. So these are people that are a little more vulnerable. They're pedestrians, they're cyclists, and they're motorcycles. You know, we're not a pedestrian or a bike. We're not covered in a steel cage, and we don't have airbags deployed, and we don't have seatbelts to restrain us. So in an accident, um, you know, or a crash, uh, we're way more vulnerable to injury or you know, death even. Um, so this program is targeted at those users um, to help them uh, be aware of other drivers, to be alert and cautious, and to be law-abiding so that we can all get along on the roadways. Well, and not only is it a defense, I mean, that we should be teaching these guys defensive walking or biking. Right. Um, but I think it's also a call for those of us who drive cars to say, hey, heads up. Right? Absolutely. Put your phone down. There are other people on this roadway that aren't protected. They're not in these cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's Motorcycle Safety Month, for example. Exactly. Right. A lot of our messages uh, with our VMS signs are, hey, look twice. Yeah. They're hard to see. And, and, and we understand that. Pedestrians are hard to see. People on cyclists are hard to see. But they have as much right on our roadways as we do in cars. Yeah. And so so to me, that heads up thing is kind of twofold, right? Yeah. It's for those of you who are walking. First of all, heads up, right? Put your phone down. <laughs> um, in fact, didn't we do clings on some sidewalks throughout the city? Yeah, we put some sidewalk clings. So there are these stickers that kind of get placed on the sidewalk. Uh, you know, because a lot of pedestrians are looking down. You're looking at your feet, making sure you don't, you know, trip on a crack yeah. or something. And uh, so this is just to catch their attention uh, and say, you know what? pay attention heads up look out for drivers that are not looking out for you so the closer they get to the intersection the more uh, bright and bold these these Mm -hmm. clings became where eventually it was like hey look up yeah it's time to look up yeah and you know a culture of safety is what's ultimately going to get more people biking and walking um if there's perceptions that you know it's not safe or that drivers aren't paying attention or that there's no place for them to walk or bike people are going to opt out of course yeah so we're doing the best we can to plan for stuff to implement it to build it and to make sure that there's a culture of safety good well and the more we get into those alternative modes of transportation the better it is for everybody right Mm -hmm. uh congestion goes down travel times go down for everybody right uh we're healthier that's a big part uh that i think we overlook here on this active transportation is you just feel better right um you and you may be wet when you come into work but there (laughs) could be a couple of soggy days you know (laughs) i'm not the best at checking the weather because it's just it's my thing i just hop on my bike and cruise in and every once in a while there's a rogue rainstorm or something and i get hammered but i do keep an extra set of clothes in my office well which is good and if you're here at the complex we just finished the showers out in the mtf building yeah, so perfect. if you need a shower hopefully you have a place at your your place of work where you can where you can shower so a couple things are coming up that we want to talk about absolutely uh what's coming up as far as uh bikes and active transportation and all that good stuff yeah so first on the calendar um we're going to be hosting udot's first bike to work day on may 17th um you'll start to see flyers coming out We'll have a link in this podcast, okay. and uh, we want a lot of people to uh, participate in this. Uh, we know that some people can't always ride their bike, so we want this to be a little bit more of a, a wholesome event. So if you take transit that day, you walk, bike, or carpool, or you travel-wise, um, 
come come in and celebrate with us. Uh, I think Carlos is committed to riding his bike into the office that day. And um, we have some new e-bikes at the complex that so, we are going to be using as fleet vehicles. These, talk, talk about these. These are pretty cool. They are pretty cool. Um, so they boogie pretty fast. Caitlin and GIS, uh, we went to the Capitol and picked them up. So they're legitimate fleet vehicles. And we boogied straight from the Capitol down to the UDOT. And it took you how long? Uh, it took about 50 minutes, okay. which, you know, if you're driving from the capital, that's it's about twice as long. It, it, it's about a 25 minute drive, right? Yeah. And granted, we did take the Jordan River Parkway, so it's a little slower. It's windy. It's, you know, adds an extra two or three miles. Yeah. Um, but had we gone straight down like Main Street or something it would have been really fast. But then also that may not be traveling wise <laughs> if, if you're on a bike, right? You, you want to yeah. choose the route that's going to be the safest for you. Yeah. And so what you said about these bikes, because they're not just e-bikes, right? I mean, yeah. they... They're pedal assist. They're pedal assist. So yeah. whatever you put out, the bike... Will match. Will match. Or more. Um, so there's a couple settings on them. Uh, you can go anywhere from 50% energy or wattage output to 400%. Uh, so we got the bikes up to 32 on 41st south and i mean that's kind of compelling right you can match the speed of traffic there's not a speed differential Mm -hmm. um and you can get to where you're needing to go really quickly so if this works out here because we're we're trying out the two on the complex this Mm -hmm. if this works out hopefully they're all over the the department yeah and it's a fleet vehicle so if you're going to a meeting that's close um, and you want to try it out or you're going to use transit, take the e-bike to transit, take transit to your meeting and then use it that way. Right? Yeah. And in, in some regards like this, you know, optimizes the efficiency. I, you know, will bike to front runner to go to a meeting at region one. And instead of being in a car for an hour and not being able to like call someone or respond to emails or address some issues, I can do a quick bike ride to front runner, do my work on the train and then have a quick bike ride to, uh, the region, region office. One. Yeah. So bike to work may 17th may 17th so two um, weeks away yeah and uh you know we'll have stuff set up uh 5 30 in the morning until about nine um and we'll have these e-bikes available for people to hop on tool around the parking lot get a feel for how they ride um and think about how we can start using them at the department for quick meetings you know running to region two or region three or one cool. um and if they're popular and you know people like them and they help us travel wise and reduce trips and think differently about how we travel. Uh, we can get more. Good, very cool. Yeah. All right. So bike to work. What's next? There's one uh, other big thing that we. One talked other about. big thing. Yeah. So the golden spoke. Uh, so you know the golden spike. Wait. Oh yeah, I got it. I was gonna say, hey, it's the anniversary of the golden spike this year. Isn't it, it is the anniversary of the golden spike. The 149th anniversary of the golden spike i guess every year is the anniversary right (laughs) uh next year will be the big one the 150 year mark um but the golden spoke is an event that celebrates kind of the joining of two large trail systems so in november salt lake city put in the north temple uh bridge so this bridge is a trail bridge so it's only for pedestrians and bikes and it crosses um, some of the railroad tracks the jordan river from the fairgrounds and ties um, basically 101 miles of connected, safe, family-friendly, grade-separated trail. Very cool. Yeah, so you can ride pretty much all the way from Bridalveil Falls in Provo Canyon to Ogden Canyon. Wow. The Ogden Canyon on a trail. Very cool. Yeah, and so UDOT's had a big hand in that, right? Like, we built the Legacy Parkway that has a trail on it. Um, you know, we assist the locals and some of their active transportation planning to get these segments in place, the Denver Rio Grande Trail along UTA's right of way. Um, 
So this is really cool. We want to celebrate it. So the Golden Spoke event is on June 2nd. Um, and you can start from either end if you want to do a big bike ride. Or there's going to be small community-based events with bike rodeos and taco carts. And uh, one big event at the location of the Golden Spoke, the new bridge that connects these two trail segments. Well, and the cheesy part, which I think is kind of funny, but <laughs> but cool, is that each one of these mayors or township will have a Golden Spoke. Yeah. That gets put into a ceremonial Bill, wheel, wheel yeah. right? And so the connection of all of these golden spokes right. creates this wheel. Yeah, so. and I mean, that kind of represents that we're all in this together. Everyone has a, a spoke in the pie, right? Yeah. Um, and that this took a lot of collaboration and a lot of time to put together, and we're awesome. wanting to celebrate it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, lots of good stuff coming up. If you have any questions about active transportation, Heidi's a great source. Um, we'll go ahead and put her link your email hopefully that's okay on this podcast and and shoot her an email uh angelo's great guys both of you thank you so much for being here thank you um uh, good programs we want you guys to use both of these more travel wise use it as a verb um (laughs) and uh and and get out there and and move and and uh just be healthy just help everybody out so thank you guys so much for being here appreciate it thanks matt thanks matt So always, guys, uh, we're looking for suggestions. If you're doing something cool, you want us to know uh, some cool things that are happening in the department or just uh, interesting things that you're seeing happening, go ahead and uh, shoot us an email, beyondthebarrels at utah.gov, and uh, we'll put it up on the podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. I'm Matt Allred from the Communications Department, and uh, drive safe. Put your phones down. See ya.